The Merry Beggars presents... All aboard! On the Night Train. Episode 20, The New Conductor. Will, hurry up! Midnight Express is coming up fast behind us, so we got to get moving. You got to run. Come on, now! We're coming as quickly as we can. You, you carrying Edith? What happened? She fell and hurt her ankle. I'm okay, Harold. Thank you for coming to find us. Well, that's a relief. You scared me there. I'm a railroad man at Pullman Porter. We don't leave no passengers behind. Come on, now. We have to hurry. Let me help you get him back on the train. That's the signal to release the handbrakes. Jerry will open the throttle and get us moving through the tunnel. Come on. I'll help lift y'all up onto this platform. Here, Edith. Grab my hand and I'll pull you on up. Okay. But hurry up, Will, or you'll both be left behind. Coming as fast as we can. Here, pass Edith on to me, Will. Then jump on up yourself. Grab Harold's hand! Yes! Grab his hand! I'm trying! There you go! That's the girl! Daddy! The train's picking up speed! Quick! Jump on! Come on! Run, Will! I'm... Daddy, hurry! Hurry or the night train will leave you behind! Grab on! Grab onto the rails! I'm... trying! Yes! Now grab hold and pull yourself up! That's right! Take my hand! Get all the way up onto the platform. Here! Oh, Daddy! You made it! Thank the Lord! Thank you, Harold. Just in time. See that light? Yes. What is it? It's the engine lamp of the Midnight Express. They just entered the tunnel behind us. Well then, I thank the Lord the night train is moving again. That's for sure. And right now we need to get back inside our train. Can you walk if I support you, Edith? I'll try to, Daddy. Should we keep shoveling? No need, Paul. The Midnight Express is mighty close behind us, but we're chugging along just fine now. And not a moment too soon. I think I've lost three years of my life from the stress. Uh, I'll, I'll be making a full report of this to Mr. Pullman. As you should, Mr. Ackerman. And where is Will Mallard? I'm... I'm sure he's on the train. Oh, and I'm sure George Pullman will be pleased to hear we lost our incompetent and, 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 and blundering leader. Don't call my father incompetent. It's not kind to call people names, Mr. Ackerman. Oh, insolence. I, I'm, I'm going to go and tell Pullman everything right now. Go right ahead, Mr. Ackerman. I'll keep our engine on the straight and narrow. Yes, do that. I order you to do that. <laughs> uh, uh, cold, <laughs> Mr. Ackerman isn't much of a railroad man. Mrs. Mallard and Paul, you two should go find Harold, Edith, and Will. I'll need Will's help to navigate Cape Horn. Okay. 
We'll be right back, Jerry. You sure you'll be all right on your own for a minute? <laughs> of course I will, Mrs. Mallet. I can handle the snow sheds coming up. They're just wooden shelters built over the tracks to keep the tracks free of snow. But heights like the drop-off at Cape Horn, they make me queasy. Wow! Okay. Thank you, Jerry. Let's go, Paul. Coming, Mama. See you later, Jerry. Do you think they'll be at the back of the train, Mama? I sure hope so, Paul. They... they must be. What's the matter now? Rhoda Ackerman just came running through my kitchen white as a sheet. Edith got off the train to warn the Minette Express, and so Dad went to get her, and then Harold went after them, and now they're all and in the what? tunnel. Have we abandoned all three of them in the tunnel? I don't know, Rosie. Come, we're going to the private car. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure they're on board. I'm coming. Just let me put this pot down. Do you see the Midnight Express? No, not at the moment. But they are close behind us. Is it your left ankle, Edith? Yes, Daddy. I'm going to take off your boot to look at it. Okay. How did they get past our luggage car? And Sam, he was in the luggage car. Where could he be now? They couldn't pass the luggage car. There's only one set of tracks and no stops or side rails on this part of our route. Then what? They must be pushing it in front of their engine. I see. Daddy, that hurt! There we go. It's off now. Can you wiggle it around, Edith? It hurts, Daddy. It hurts more now than before. I think it's just a sprain. Can you move it around, Edith? Yes, but it still hurts. What happened, Edith? Her foot got caught under one of the ties. She was running to keep up with me. I'll get some bandages. We'll have you fixed up in no time, Edith. Jerry needs your help navigating the snow sheds and Cape Horn, Will. I know, but my daughter... I'll help Louise take care of her. Thank you, Harold. There you are. I knew you'd make it. I I knew it. Snake's alive. You scared me, Edith. What'd you get off the train for? And you too, Harold Milton. You scared me bad this time. I- I'm sorry, Rosie. I had to make sure Will and Edith were safe and got back on the train. You got Abby and the girls at home. A whole wife and family to think of. You should have sent Barney after them instead. I'll do that next time, Rosie. Are you all right, Edith? I think Edith sprained her ankle. Oh, dear. Let me see. I'm okay. Harold's going to bind it up for me. You sprained your ankle? How'd you do that? We were running to catch the train and her foot was caught under one of the rails. Wow. What do you think, Louise? We have a box of bandages in your sleeper car, Mrs. Mallet. I think we can bind it up and get her right back on her feet. Thank you, Harold. It hurts a lot, but I'll be okay. We're almost to the end of the rails. That's my brave girl. What is going on here? Will Mallet, why are you lollygagging in my private car? Ah, it's that troublesome porter with all the idiotic ideas and the insubordinate kitchen maid. I'm the cook. Mr. Pullman, not no kitchen maid. And my name is Rosie Johnson. Thank you. Be quiet. Why were you off the train, Mallard? Rudy Ackerman has told me everything. I'm glad to hear it, sir. Perhaps you and I could step into your parlor and I can get you up to speed on the decisions I made in order to navigate Summit Tunnel safely after Sam Lewis sabotaged our brake system. Your decisions? That's precisely the issue. You should be consulting the rule book at every turn, not making your own decisions. Need I remind you yet again, this is a Pullman train, not a Mallard train. Excuse me, Mr. Pullman, sir, but there's nothing in the rule book about sabotage or what to do when stalled in a tunnel. Preposterous. Nothing in the rule book. You obviously haven't read it. You don't even carry your rule book with you. I have it here now, sir. Oh, well, I see. You've got a rule book now. Well, that is a welcome improvement. Give it here. I'll show you where it is. Oh, I see. 
It is clear I'll have to make a few additions after this ridiculous journey has finally ended in order to count for your... your insubordinate behavior. Here's your rulebook, Porter, outdated as it now clearly is. Thank you, sir. Perhaps you could talk with Harold and I and hear why we did what we did to take care of the crew and passengers on board your train. Yes. Yes, perhaps that would be best. Seeing the night train is so... so accident-prone, it might help me revise the rulebook. You mean because we were sabotaged by a Wagner man! Hush, Paul! Would your father talk to Mr. Pullman without interruptions? Yes, Mama. My family is not the problem, this Mr. Pullman! This train is as dysfunctional as... as a nursery rhyme! Old woman who lived in a shoe! All I hear is singing and panicking and singing and singing and singing on board your train! Why does your crew sing? They can't even harmonize. Unnecessary. The crew sings to keep time and keep up their spirits. This is the real world, gentlemen. Not an idyllic fantasy land. You're a fool, William Mallard. I don't know why I entrusted you with a night train in the first place. You're a fool and a coward. Don't call my dad names. He's the best railroad man I know. Mrs. Mallard, can't you control your brood? Mr. Pullman, you have to listen. Know your place, child. You have to listen to Dad and Harold. They're good railroad men, but you don't notice. They're loyal Pullman men. Not like Sam. You let Sam fool you, and he sabotaged your train. I cannot be blamed for the sabotagers. The crew is The night train crew saved your life, Mr. Pullman. Edith, this is Mr. Pullman's train, and you shouldn't... That doesn't matter, Dad. Mr. Pullman, your crew barely sleeps. You don't work as long as Rosie and Harold and Dad do. This train belongs to the crew who take care of it, like Jerry. Jerry? Who's Jerry? He's the fireman. He's up in the boiler room all the time with Dad. How can you know what's best for the train if you don't even know the names of your crew? I don't mean to be disrespectful, sir, but you're not doing the right thing. Edith, it's time to go. Let her go on, Mrs. Mallard. I'm interested in what she has to say. What would the right thing be, little lady? Listen! Listen to Dad. Don't try to blame him for Sam sabotaging the train. And notice the good people you have working for you. Harold works so hard, and you don't pay him half enough money for... (laughs) My dear, I can get as many porters as I want at the salary I pay them. You owe him your life, Mr. Pullman. Harold saved you. He's the one who came up with the plan to use the handbrakes. You can't take Harold for granted. If not for the Night Train's wonderful crew, we'd all be in a horrible wreck in Summit Tunnel right now. Well... What can I say to that? You might be on to something, little girl. Doing the right thing always pays off. That's what I always say. I'll take the children to my room now. And I'll get the bandages for Edith. I think that would be best. Thank you. Here, Edith. Put your arm around my shoulder. And you can lean on me too, honey. Thank you. You're limping. What happened to you, little girl? I sprained my ankle, Mr. Pullman. Another accident? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm... I'm sorry. How did you hurt your ankle? I heard Philip telling you how the Midnight Express was coming up behind us. I thought somebody should try to warn them, so I got off the train and did it myself. When I was running back to get on the train, my foot got caught on one of the railroad ties. That was... that was silly of you. There are people on the Wagner train too, Mr. Pullman. I didn't want any of us, or them, to be hurt. You've got a big heart, little girl. You know, I have a daughter myself, Florence. How old are you? Twelve, sir. Florence is eleven. She'll turn twelve in August, August 14th. She... she would have done the same thing as you. What is your name? Mary Edith Bridget Mallard. I... 
I hope you feel better soon, Mary Edith Bridget Mallard. Thank you, sir. Now go on. You best take care of that foot. We're going, mister. I'll get the door. Snake's alive. You stood right up to Mr. Pullman. I've never seen you do anything like that before. I didn't know Mr. Pullman had a daughter my age. I didn't know Mr. Pullman could be nice. Let's be charitable, Paul. Come now. Open the door to my room first, please. Yes, Mama. Lean on your mother, Edith. I'm going to fetch those bandages. Okay. Let's get you into my bed so we can fix up your ankle. Paul, help me boost Edith up into my bed. Sure thing. How'd you fix the brakes? I did it. Daddy was too big to fit between the roof of the tunnel and the top of the engine, so I climbed up. We just had to reconnect the pipes in the cylinder. Wow. That was brave of you. Thanks. But you... You got off the train by yourself in the middle of the tunnel. And you sprayed your ankle, too? What were you thinking, Edith? I didn't hurt my ankle on purpose, Paul. Why'd you get off? Someone had to warn the Midnight Express that we were stalled in the tunnel. But the Midnight Express is a Wagner train, Edith. They wouldn't care. They want to wreck us. They'll do whatever it takes. No more blabbering about that weasel Webster Wagner, Paul Mallard. If I hear his name again, I'll be sick to my stomach. I got the bandages right here. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. We can bind it up and you'll be on your feet in the jiffy, hun. Thank you, Rosie. I'm happy to fix you up this time, so long as it never happens again. How am I supposed to focus on things like dinner and blueberry pancakes when my favorite passengers are jumping off the train every other minute? I had to, Rosie. I had to warn the Midnight Express. They have passengers just like we do. And the, the train driver might have been a nice man with a daughter just my age. You have a big heart like your father. You're right, Edith. I'm proud of you. Both you and your brother and your father. What you all did was incredibly brave today. I guess that what you did was kind of heroic, Edie. This whole trip has been an adventure. And given what's happened, we have to be heroes. Sure is an adventure, if you want to call it that. Filled with lots of Weasley men and treacherous railroad tracks. There, your ankle's all taken care of. I'm going to go check on Barney in the kitchen now. I've given him enough time to destroy the dinner. But I think I have just enough time to rectify whatever ingenious errors he's come up with this time. <laughs> Thank you for your help, Rosie. Of course, Mrs. Mallard. Now, I'd better be going. I'll see you in the dining car later. My ankle feels better now. I'm thirsty. We'll go to the lounge car in a moment to get a drink, Paul. Soon as I finish putting away these bandages. While you're waiting, why don't you wash your face? There is water in the basin and soap and a towel right beside it. Oh, Mama, I don't have to wash my face. Yes, you do, Paul Mallard. You're covered in coal dust. I'm a railroad man. Jerry always has coal dust all over him because he's driving the train. Paul, I believe Jerry would wash his face if his mother asked him to. All right, all right, I'll do it. I'm happy to hear you feeling better, Edith. Yes, Mama. Feeling much better now that all the running and sabotage is over. I'm just glad everyone is safe and there wasn't a train wreck. We're the Mallards all together again. We don't have to stow away anymore. We've won the race across America and everything is ending happily ever after. No, it isn't, Edith. Sam is still out there. He's a villain and he he's just free out there with the luggage car. I'll admit... I'm glad he isn't on the night train anymore. But Sam stole our luggage car with everyone's baggage! Including all of Harold's clothes, along with his deck of cards and 20,000 leagues under the sea. George Pullman won't let Sam get away with his luggage car. I'm sure he'll see to that. But Mama, shouldn't we take some action ourselves and- Paul, you... what are you going to do about it? I 
I don't know, but Sam's the villain and he got away and that's not a good way to end an adventure. Sam will get his comeuppance, Paul. I can assure you. What's comeuppance? It's a way of saying he'll receive his just reward. Like a punishment? Yes, Paul. Comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. I want to give him his comeuppance. But you might not be the one who sees that he gets it. But, but why not? He deserves a big punishment, and that's what I give him. He isn't a little boy, Paul. Sam Lewis is a grown man and responsible for his own actions. Actions have consequences. He sabotaged the Pullman Sleeper Car Company. Either he will be on the run from the police for the rest of his life, or he will go to jail. He will certainly never be a train conductor again. Good. He tried to wreck us all, so I hope his comeuppance catches him quick. I'm sure it will, Paul. It's all so sad. It is, Edith. But right now, let's be thankful that we're still rolling along towards Sacramento, and we're all safe and sound. And let's celebrate that by going to the lounge car. I'm really thirsty from all that railroad work. Just give me a moment, Paul. I'd like to wash my face, too. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead to the lounge car. Do you need help getting off the bed, Edith? Yes, please. <laughs> there we go. Let's wait until Mr. Pullman is finished speaking to your father and Harold. Then we will go to the lounge car together. All we do is wait! Shh! Paul, let's listen. Although with a stubborn and persistent attitude. I'll take that as a compliment. I'll blame Webster Wagner's obsessive thirst for revenge for this nightmarish trip. And I'm the kind of man who can see the truth of the situation once all the facts are presented. It was hard for me to accept. I am still bewildered and entirely stunned as to how Sam Lewis could have deceived me in such a villainous way. But the truth always prevails in the end. Will Mallard, I do apologize for blaming you for the sabotages we encountered. Thank you. I accept your apology. And you, Porter. Uh, yes, sir. What's your name? Harold Milton. Where sir. are you from? I'm from Arkansas. Arkansas. But I haven't been back there in quite a while. I'm from Chicago now. Mm, Chicago? Chicago? That's the place for real railroad men. Do you have a family, Harold Milton? Yes, sir. My wife, Abby, and I have three little girls. Very nice, very nice. I recommend only having daughters. Sons are entirely too much work. I have twin boys myself. Listen to me. I know these things. I'll, I'll certainly keep that in mind, sir. Though I do think that Paul Mallard is a Oh, fine yeah, yes, yes. But Mallard's offsprings are an exception, Harold. Mine are the rule. I'm glad to hear you have come to like my children, Mr. Pullman. I know you got off on the wrong foot in Chicago. I must admit I have gained a slight affection for them, but that could disappear at any moment, mind you. Now, go along, get back to work. Go ahead, tell the passengers and crew what happened. I'm sure they're full of questions. I'll be there in just a few minutes myself. I'm going to have a drink first. Settle my nerves. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Wait, Harold. I would like a word, and for your help with a small matter, come into the parlor room. Yes, sir. How's your ankle, Edith? A little better. Mama and Rosie bound it up for me. Did I hear Mr. Pullman correctly just now? Did he actually apologize to you? Yes, believe it or not. He seems ready to make peace now that he has someone else to blame. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yes, you should say that, Dad. It's true. Mr. Pullman wouldn't listen to us because he was too busy blaming us for everything. Snake's alive. He thought Edith and I sabotaged the boiler. Yes, Paul, but I should speak as well of my employer as I can. 
Mr. Pullman is much more open to listening to our side of the story now that it is clear that Sam Lewis sabotaged the train. Yeah, and since Edith stood up to him and told him he wasn't being a good leader, that was really brave of you, Edith. You sounded like Dad. Yes, you really did. I really didn't mean to. I was just so angry. I couldn't keep it inside anymore, and all the words just kept tumbling out one after another. I'm proud of you, Edith. You were courageous and you spoke kindly to him, even though you were angry, and rightly so. Do you really think Mr. Pullman is no longer mad at you, Daddy? Yes, Edith. And he told me I can remain the manager of the night train if I want to. Why, that's a relief. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad, Daddy. Will you stay on the train, Dad? I'll talk to your mother and we'll decide. First, we've got to get this train to Sacramento. What time is it, Paul? It's 2.30, Dad. We still have to navigate the snowsheds in Cape Horn. Come along now. I'll speak to the passengers in the lounge car to explain our stop in Summit Tunnel, and then I must go to the engine to help Jerry. I want my money back. This is ridiculous. So Sam Lewis sabotaged the night train. But That's no, Kate Smith. That it sounds like she's feeling better. What happened to Kate? She fainted when she found out the luggage car was gone. Who's going to get it back for me? This is I demand an explanation and I demand it now. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to give you the explanation for our stop in Summit Tunnel. Finally! Well, hurry up and give it, then. We haven't got all day. Some of us have deadlines to meet. Sam Lewis sabotaged the automatic brakes in an attempt to wreck the night train in Summit Tunnel. (gasps) So it's true! Harold Milton saved the day by leading the crew and applying the handbrake system and stopping our runaway train as we entered the tunnel. My son, Paul... Climbed up on top of the engine and fixed the brake system. Your son? The stowaway? Why him? He's no railroad expert. Because I was the only one who could fit between the tunnel ceiling and the engine. Now, we have resumed our journey and we'll be in Sacramento in about four hours. Well, that is jolly news. Is it safe? Will there be any more sabotages? Where is the Midnight Express? Midnight Express is close behind us, but we're no longer in danger of a collision. I don't think we need to fear sabotage any longer, but we are coming up on a treacherous line of track ahead. Look out the window. We're entering the snow sheds right now, and Cape Horn is next. Can't see a thing. Snow all around. What are the snow sheds? When they were laying these tracks, the railroad workers built a wooden roof over them to keep the snow off so they could work through the winter. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, but there's so much snow. Oh, it's like we're still in the tunnel. This will be a new advertisement series. <laughs> the January snowdrifts are so high in the Sierra Nevada mountains, they cover the train. Thankfully, a makeshift tunnel has been built to shield the tracks from the majority of the snow so we can fly on through the white wonder of nature. What about the luggage car? The luggage car? <laughs> I can't focus on this advertisement any longer now. I am always being interrupted. I I, I can't string together a coherent thought without another tragedy striking. And who is the new conductor now that Sam is gone? Yes, who is the new conductor? We can't pull into Sacramento without a conductor. I don't know. Mr. Pullman will appoint one. For now, I must go to the boiler room to help navigate the train to the end of the rails. I'll come back as soon as we've rounded Cape Horn. Go on, Will. Do your job. We'll be quite comfortable here. I'll be back as soon as I can. Bye, Daddy. Be good to your mother, Edith and Paul. I'll be right back. 
I'll take care of him, Dad. Don't worry. I won't. Journey from blokes like me. We've got to hurry and scurry to satisfy their voracious appetite. But your work rises to a much higher level. You must write a historical account that will last through the ages so all future generations know of our escapes, of this victory against a rival, and the victory of innovation over ignorance. You have time, Professor Dopadad. You must take as long as needed. Don't be hasty. Excellent advice, Rudy. Don't fret, Dopadad. You could even wait until after Rudy has published the official Pullman account of our journey. And until after the investigations. There will need to be extensive investigations into all the alleged sabotages. And you might as well wait until Sam Lewis is apprehended. The story won't be finished until he has been put behind bars. There's also the matter of Sam's relationship with Webster Wagner. It could be that Sam was working alone and Wagner is innocent of any foul play. See, Professor? You have got plenty of time. In fact, you simply must wait to see how it all turns out. I can't wait! I don't have time. They won't listen. They never do. <laughs> you are a tenured professor, Professor Dopadad. Your university will surely wait a year or two to publish your manuscript. Not tenured anymore, Ackerman. You, you, you are. You're a tenured professor, an academic, an, an acclaimed historian. That, that's why I hired you. Why is Rudy panicking, Edith? Because Dopey Dad just admitted that he isn't actually a professor anymore. He lied. Wow, that's a surprise. You, you lost your position, Professor Dopey Dad? On the last day of the semester, I received a letter which declared that my tenure had been terminated. Oh, that's ridiculous. Did they have grounds for this or complaints? Did they give you any warning? They said I took too many sabbaticals and had nothing to show for them. Not a single book or, or even an article. Is that why you have a list called Potential Rex, the key to fame? How do you know what lists I have? Oh, sorry. I forgot. We, we were equivocating. Investigating. We were investigating your room, Professor. Investigate me? Why on earth were you investigating me? Well, we thought you might be behind the sabotages. You sent an awfully suspicious telegram in Omaha. I don't understand. Why are they talking about telegrams now? Invasion. Invasion of privacy. I, I'm going to issue a complaint at Mr. Pullman as soon as we arrive in Sacramento. And right now, in spite of all the interruptions, I have to go back to my work to finish my manuscript and make sure to include this breach of an individual's rights. Now we know Dopey Dad's secret. Kate Smith is the only one we still haven't discovered. I found out Kate Smith's secret, Paul. She used to be an actress. All those jewels under her bed are part of her costume. Ah, that explains it then. Nice job, Edith. I guess we solved all the mysteries then. Thank you, Paul. Just think, once we arrive in Sacramento, the adventure will be over. I'm glad of that. I've had enough adventure to last the whole year. Edith, it's only January 5th. I mean it. What did you do to your ankle, Edith? I got my foot caught in the tunnel, Mrs. Smith. Why were you in the tunnel? Goodness me. My dear, you really must take better care of your health. I tell you, Rudy, it's a good thing Mrs. Hines cut off in Omaha. Her nerves could not have withstood the trauma of Summit Tunnel. Mm, perhaps you're right, Mrs. Smith, but 
Mrs. Hines and Sam Lewis have given me a horrible start to the new year as head of Pullman's Branding and Advertising Company. Good afternoon, my friends. There you are, Harold. Is everything all right? I think so, Edith. I'm just a little bit shocked. What's the matter? What did Pullman say to you? He... he asked me to... Well, I think he would like to announce it himself. One at a time. One excellent question at a time, please. First of all, thank you for your patient perseverance. We have navigated the snowsheds and are approaching Cape Horn. Sacramento is not far away. It has been a trying and historic journey. I appreciate your faith in the Pullman Promise and in the night train's faithful crew. This has been a trying journey. One that has separated the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff, and the oil from the water. Would you hurry up and explain about Sam Lewis and the luggage car? I want my trunk, and I want a refund. Of course, of course. As soon as we arrive in Sacramento, Pullman men and law enforcement agents will embark upon a quest to apprehend Sam Lewis and retrieve the luggage car and all that luggage that the turncoat stole from us. Rudy Ackerman will head that mission. I will? I, I, I mean, yes, yes, I will. Happy to. Ready for the challenge. Thank you, Rudy. Now, just look out the window. There is sunshine ahead. We are coming out of the snow sheds and hurtling down the mountain. My friends, we will be in sunny Sacramento before dinner time. And the Midnight Express? What happens once they get to California, too, Mr. Pullman? Why the Midnight did Sam Express still sabotage us, Mr. Pullman? Yes, why? I want all the details. I need them, and fast. They tried to wreck us, to kill us, Mr. Pullman. Are they still coming behind us? Yes, yes. This is all very upsetting. But you must remember, the railroad is a dangerous business. The railroad is a fraudulent business. All our luggage has been stolen. If he sabotaged us, he should pay for it. Why did Sam sabotage us in the first place? Where is Sam now? Sam is gone, and good riddance to him. He wanted to wreck the night train so that Wagner could destroy the Pullman reputation, taking us down with him. Beyond that, I do not know nor care to further probe his despicable motivations. Enough to say that the good have prevailed. The night train has conquered. Sacramento, here we come. But, Mr. Pullman, the night train was sabotaged. Wagner should pay for this. No, he will. I'll make sure that Webster Wagner's Weasley Midnight Express is greeted at the Sacramento station by the sheriff, judge, and governor. You, George Crocker, brilliant lawyer that you are, can help me see justice done. Will you be the Pullman counsel on the West Coast? Oh, Georgie! What an honor! I... I will certainly represent the Pullman night train in this case, Mr. Pullman. Thank you, George. I'll get Wagner and Sam Lewis in the courts as quickly as possible. Oh, I know you will, Mr. Pullman. So rest assured, everyone, justice will be restored. And look out the window. Our trusty Pullman man, Will Mallard, is steering us around Cape Horn as we speak. <laughs> We're going to fall off. We're going to fall right off the side of the mountain. No, we won't. My dad is driving. I I think I need to sit down. It's a terrifying drop. It's safe. Right, Mama? We're safe, Edith. 
The tracks around this curve are close to the edge, but your father will drive slow and steady. It's a glorious sight. Defies nature. Oh, another advertisement. Jaws to the floorboards. We gaze into the depths below as we whirl around Cape Horn. What a sight. And so quickly, it's gone. We've overcome the last obstacle in our way, my friends. All perilous parts of the Transcontinental Railroad are behind us now. That's right. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump from here to the Sacramento, California station. How much longer do we have left? Uh, Just over two more hours, and we will be the first passenger train to cross America. And a less than cheerful entry that will be, with no conductor to herald our arrival. Yes, who will be the conductor now, Mr. Pullman? Have you met Harold Milton? Harold who? Yes, I have. Come over here, Milton. I'd like to introduce you to my head of advertising, Rudy Ackerman. I expect he'll have a lot of questions for you. Yes, sir. Questions for him? (laughs) What, What questions could I possibly need to ask a porter? Harold Milton will be the night train's conductor until the end of the rails. <gasps> are, are you are you pulling my leg? A porter can't be conductor. Harold said that was impossible. Porters are never promoted. Harold's the first one. It has never happened before, Edith. Will he be paid more now, Mama? Harold spent all his tips on tickets for us. He bought them in Omaha to send us home to you in Chicago, but we never used them. Because you boarded the train in disguise in Omaha. He will be paid a great deal more now, Paul. And I will pay Harold back for the tickets he bought for you. Don't worry, Edith. I'll take care of it. Now go and congratulate Harold. Suppose so. You're going to be a wonderful conductor, Harold. Congratulations! Will you let me help you? Sam taught me all about being a conductor. I can help deliver the telegrams, keep track of the timetable, and even more! (laughs) Yes, yes, Paul. I would love to have your help. Thank you, Harold! You're going to be the best conductor the world has ever seen! (laughs) 